from the Law Society of Alberta, it's the February 2020 Leadership Report. I'm your host, Colin Brandt. With a packed agenda for the Venture Meeting in February, we're looking ahead to hopefully warmer months and hotter topics in this month's podcast. Planning for the 2020 Jasper Retreat is well underway, but we get to offer a special sneak preview with this year's keynote, Jordan Furlong. We'll take a look at what to expect from this year's conference and some of the big issues that ventures will be discussing in 2020 and beyond. Joining me in the studio today is our Deputy Executive Director and Director of Professionalism and Policy, Corey Gitter. Corey, welcome back, and thanks for taking the reins for this edition of the podcast. Hi, Colin. Happy to be here. And also joining us on the line is a very special guest. Law21's Jordan Furlong is a leading analyst in the global legal market, specializing in how legal services are changing and will change, and what lawyers need to know and do to anticipate those changes. Most important for this conversation, Jordan is also our Jasper Retreat keynote speaker this year. Jordan, welcome to the program. Colin, thank you very much for having me. It's so great to have you. And thank you for uh, bearing with our very first ever phone call-in version, which uh, uh, turns out a bit more technologically challenging than I had anticipated. Uh, Moving on, uh, Corey, when you began to look at themes and approaches for Jasper this year, what issues were on your mind for this year? Well, Colin, the planning for Jasper is always a very exciting enterprise that, that we look forward to, and we start it very, very early. Uh, those initial conversations happened back in October. And at that time, very much on our mind was the results of the articling survey, which the ventures are well, well acquainted with. The survey really has shown us a, a whole bunch of, of interesting things about where the profession is at, some of which we already knew uh, and some of which we're just learning. And, and one of the key takeaways from the survey was really around lawyer competence. Now, this is something that had been on our mind, obviously, beforehand. We have discussed it in Jasper in the past, but we thought it was probably time to have another look at lawyer competence. Layer on to that a really provocative blog that Jordan published in <laughs> August that really laid down a challenge, I think, to law societies to really take this on. And we really thought it would be a a good opportunity to have that discussion again. And of course, as it's turned out, lawyer competence and lawyer wellness are now key pillars and key goals in our new strategic plan. So really, it was all just coming together. We are very thrilled that we'll be having what we hope is an in-depth conversation about lawyer competence and the law society's role in that in Jasper. Considering the fact that you had the articling survey, strategic plan, new board, all sorts of different elements, it sounds like there's an opportunity for some pretty big changes ahead uh, for the law society. Uh, you know, and one of those, some of those changes we need to think about are really around the goals and objectives of the strategic plan. Uh, and there's definitely going to be a deliberate evolution of the work that the law society is doing just to meet the needs of the lawyers and the public as those changes are coming. Uh, Jordan. What sort of changes are you seeing in the legal marketplace that might affect lawyers within the next five years and beyond? Oh, Colin, there, there's such a selection to choose from. It, it, it's difficult to figure out where to start. But, uh, but, but I really think, and, th- and this kind of taps into the conversations you're having there at the Law Society, that I can see regulatory changes throughout Canada and the United States having a significant impact because what we're seeing in a few American states already is a series of reforms uh, some people are calling it re-regulation rather than deregulation. And, and these changes are going to, if you will, decriminalize the presence of non-lawyers, if I may use that term as a term of art, in legal services provision. Because as you know, the default setting for uh, legal regulation for many decades has been 
only lawyers may be involved in controlling and providing the delivery of legal services. And for a whole bunch of reasons, which I'll hopefully, hopefully we'll be talking about uh, in Jasper, that is changing. And we're going to see more and more people who aren't lawyers, more companies that aren't law firms, getting involved in the delivery of legal services. And regulatory changes are taking place right now, or are poised to take place in the US right now, that are going to accelerate this process. Now, that's gonna have a whole bunch of different impacts on law firms, but to, to specifically to your question, what's gonna affect lawyers for the, for the next five years and beyond, the, the introduction of quote-unquote non-lawyer provision and delivery of legal services is going to accelerate the migration of low-value, low-skilled work out of law firms, out of lawyers' hands, and into other platforms, other provisions. And I think this is going to have long-term a significant impact on what lawyers do, who they do it for, and, and really how we prepare lawyers for practicing in that kind of market. It's so interesting, Jordan. I just attended a, a legal innovation conference uh, at the University of Alberta here. And perhaps unsurprisingly, the discussion was entirely focused around these issues, uh, particularly with the kind of the issues of commoditization of legal services, mostly precipitated by uh, new technology. With elements of the legal profession experiencing pressures from this commoditization, how do you see legal regulators adapting to the shift in service delivery? Well, I re th these really are the key issues you've, you've touched on, uh, Colin. And I think that th the impact of technology in particular to be able to, we call it commoditize, but really what we're talking about is streamlining, is automating, is uh, bringing greater efficiency to these kind of straightforward legal tasks. And, and every lawyer listening to this podcast knows these kind of tasks very well because this is the kind of work that we cut our teeth on as lawyers, as articling students, as, uh, as first, second year associates, if we began our careers in law firms, as most of us did. And we remember this work. We remember the document review and the due diligence and the basic legal research and the filling out of forms and, and the drafting of contracts and so forth. And, and, and this, is, this is work that really has, uh, really, it has been the foundation of the formation of lawyers for, for any number of years now. Now, with these forces of commoditization, with technology and, and non-lawyer presence in the market, uh, moving this work out of lawyers' hands to other providers, again, there's going to be a whole bunch of different impacts of that. But from the regulator's point of view, I think this is going to bring into a very sharp relief a, fun, a fundamental question. Law societies in Canada, and to a certain extent, state bars and courts in the U.S. and other jurisdictions have their approach, but we have ours here in Canada. And law societies in Canada uh, govern lawyers and regulate their activities, and they regulate the delivery of legal services. Now, traditionally, these two things, regulating lawyers and regulating legal services, are one and the same thing, right? Because if only lawyers are allowed to provide legal services, then if you regulate one, you regulate the other. But now we're coming up on a split, right? Now we're coming up on a point where legal services are going to be provided and delivered, again, by people who aren't lawyers, by companies that aren't law firms. They could, in fact, be, in some uh, cases, delivered through a software program. And, and you can already see examples of this in, in certain markets and in certain types of work. So this, I think, is going to force law societies to ask themselves a really fundamental question are we in the business of regulating and governing lawyers 
or are we in the business of regulating legal services? Or in fact, are we doing both? Because the answer you give to those questions really helps to determine your mandate. So just as an example, you might decide, you know what, there's a whole world of legal services providers out there now, or there's going to be eventually, but the, our core competence is the regulation and governance of lawyers. So you know what, we're gonna focus on that, on education, training, admission, competence, uh, disciplinary hearings, et cetera, et cetera, right? You know, the, the, the bread and butter of, of lawyer governance. And if other entities are out there delivering legal services, that's fine, Godspeed, ought to have a great time, but that's not us, we do lawyers, okay? That's one potential way to go about it. A second way to go about it might be to say, no, no, if, as far as we're concerned, we're in the business of governing and regulating legal services. That's our mandate, either because we have chosen it or because the legislature has told us that's our mandate, what have you. So we don't care who provides it, we're going to regulate a legal service delivery. That is another way to go about it as well. But here's the thing. If you, as a law society, decide the second is more our mandate, that we are going to uh, govern uh, everything in legal services delivery, then you ask yourself the question, so does it make sense then that we are still governed largely by lawyers who are just one type of legal service provider? And does it make sense that our, our, our governing entity, those, those governors, those ventures are elected by other lawyers, right? And, and these are questions that are being asked in other professions. In BC, the Caden report into, the, uh, into dental surgeons and the significant problems that they were having there in terms of self-regulation led to legislation in BC, which is completely overhauling all health regulated health professionals there along these lines. And, and, and I think that that's why the questions that are coming up for, for law societies are really important because depending on the mandate you choose, that's going to affect your structure, it's going to affect your governance, it's going to affect the activities that you undertake. And now is the time to think about these issues because we still have some breathing room. We still have a little bit of time where we, we can make these decisions ourselves. But as British Columbia has suggested to us, at any point, the legislature may take that timeline out of our hands and say, we're going to decide for you what your mandate's going to be. Jordan's raised uh, issues that, that we are very engaged in and, and thinking about um, all the time. And I, I so appreciate his, his ability to, to summarize them so effectively. Where that takes us in Jasper is really to think about, we know all those changes are coming. We are, we're living them already. And so what sort of structures do we need in place to ensure that lawyers we're responsible for and other professionals we may ultimately be responsible for are demonstrating the competencies that they, that they need to and do the structures that we currently have in place whether it's our education programs whether it's our articling system whether it's our cpd systems whether or not those are adequate to address the competencies that we know are, are coming so we have to have a good understanding of the, the ecosystem that legal services are being delivered in. And then we need to think about many things, but in particular right now, we need to think about how do we ensure lawyers in particular uh, are prepared to deliver, those, to deliver those services and what are those key competencies. And I, I think that we, we've been operating in a structure that uh, has worked in a reasonable fashion for, for many years, but we really have to see what we can do better and how we can best evolve to meet a lot of those challenges 
into the into the future and ensure that we have our handle on what those key competencies are. So, Corey, you mentioned uh, briefly in your in your comments there that uh, lawyer competence and uh, this is obviously going to be a major focus for Jasper. Jordan, getting back into that area, I know one of the reasons why uh, you know you're you're coming to Jasper is because of your your blog post talking about lawyer competence. Uh, what was the argument that you were making in your blog post, and sort of what were you truly expecting from legal professionals now? Well, the concern that I that I I see, Colin, and I, and I raised it in the post, and I've mentioned it to to some other audiences as well, is the whole question of how we develop lawyers, and 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 my starting point was this idea that. Day one of a lawyer's career is day one of law school, okay? And, and so if you start from that as starting point A and say, okay, we want to get to point B. And point B is this person who showed up first day of law school, uh, knowing very little about the law, but really interested and really enthusiastic and hardworking and bright. When does she get to point B? If point B is she is a confident, competent lawyer in whom colleagues and clients have full confidence and faith, okay? Now, the, the, the baseline assumption of our legal system, of our entire professional regulation system, is that it, in Canada, is that, that that takes four years, right? Three years of law school, one year of articling, and maybe half a year or another year beyond that, depending on how you structure a bar admission course. And, and my strong impression is that reality suggests it takes a lot longer than that right? That competence is not something that, that arrives the day that you get admitted, that you get the, the, you know, the little scroll from the law society saying, congratulations, you're now a lawyer. Competence is a, it's a spectrum. It, just like anything else, it takes a while to get, really get comfortable, really get the hang of what you're doing uh, as, as a lawyer. But I, I think our systems for educating, training, licensing, credentialing lawyers don't necessarily reflect that. And you can bring a lot of this back to the legal education system, which is still, and, and I don't want to pile on. I know we spend all of our time complaining about law school. Oh, law school doesn't do this and law school doesn't do that, whatever. You know, law school does what it was set up to do um, a long time ago. And, and what law schools do right now, essentially, is they spend three years educating and preparing for someone to be a general practitioner of law, right? That's what it comes down to. And, 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 and so the gap between what law school envisions a legal career is and what legal careers actually are has been widening year after year. So we are in a position now of saying, do we need to rethink our whole approach to this? Do we need to rethink, as is being done in some jurisdictions, what are the foundational skills that need to be, that need to be taught in law school? Are we re, do we need to rethink, as is being done in, in certain jurisdictions, what the if you will, apprenticeship period or, or uh, on-the-job training period of, of being a lawyer is, uh, ought to be. And fundamentally, to get right to, to the heart of your question, what are the competencies that we expect? In other words, if, we've, if we say to ourselves, someone should not be allowed to present themselves to the public and to clients and to colleagues as a lawyer unless that person has these skills, this knowledge, these characteristics, which, which to me is the foundation of, of any question about competence, what do they look like? And, uh, and, and as a result, this, and, and this is particularly challenging for us, by the way, because this is not an exercise that we, as a profession writ large, have ever really gone through, right? If, if you say, what's a competent lawyer? Well, a competent lawyer is someone who doesn't get complained to by the law society or get, you know, <laughs> or found negligent by a court, right? All of, all of our traditional competence measures are forensic. They're after the fact, um, right? We more or less say to law school, you, you teach your three years of law school. We say to law firms, you uh, show them the ropes 
And at the end of that, we sort of say, okay, now you've, now you've got a competent lawyer. So what do we expect now from legal professionals and where do we look for guidance? Uh, this, of course, is going to be a, a fundamental aspect of what we're talking about at Jasper, but I'll, I'll, I'll say a couple of things. One is that what CPLED is doing, uh, has been doing for quite a while, and especially with the Practice Readiness Education Program, which is rolling out now in pilot fashion, which I'm a huge fan of. Uh, and, and, I will, and I will confess, I wasn't as aware of it as I, as I should have been before I began uh, preparing for this project. But I think that the competencies that are identified there and the skills that are identified there are exactly what the current modern legal marketplace needs and are pretty reflective of what it's going to need for some years yet to come. So, so, so I think that is a fabulous start. And I think we can take a lot of guidance and a lot of uh, comfort from what's, what's there. At the same time, we also have to recognize that even these cutting edge standards, I think probably the best standards I've seen in any jurisdiction anywhere, they're going to have to change as well, because as mentioned before, the nature of what lawyers are called upon to do is going to evolve. Uh, the markets in which lawyers operate are going to evolve and the needs that we are called upon to meet are going to evolve. But, but the foundational aspects of this is that we need to turn our minds very clearly to the question of what, what does it take to produce a competent, confident lawyer and how can we get down that path? Well, Jordan, uh, thank you for that. Uh, extremely adept summation of your article and also the completely unprovoked uh, plug for CPLED. Uh, <laughs> we, we do that. appreciate that, truly. <laughs> <laughs> um, but that's great. And, uh, you know, so sort of final question today is really uh, to, to the both of you, I'm going to be starting with Jordan. Uh, you know, with Jasper coming up uh, pretty soon, I mean, it's, it's not even uh, four months away, which is kind of scary, uh, especially considering the amount of snow on the ground here in, in Calgary. Uh, what are you most looking forward to uh, besides the fresh air and, and warm hospitality of the Jasper Park Lodge? Oh, I'll tell you, I'm looking forward to getting back to Jasper again because it is one of my, if not my favorite place in the Rockies. And the Rockies is like, you know, one of my favorite places in this entire country. So just being in Jasper alone is going to be a huge thrill for me. For this conference, uh, what, what I'm really looking forward to here is the, is the sense of the opportunity that is, that is being raised. Uh, I don't see any other jurisdiction in Canada, and I'm not sure I can identify any other jurisdiction in the United States, that is addressing itself to the question of competence with the kind of focus and the kind of forward-thinking approach that Alberta is bringing. So there is a chance here at this, well, there's more than a chance, there's an expectation that at this, uh, this retreat, at this, at this conference, we're not only going to be exploring these issues, but we're going to be looking at what do solutions look like? What does the path look like going forward? And I'm looking forward to the fact that we are going to be able to do this in a very dynamic kind of fashion. We're, this is not going to be just talking head after talking head, presentation after presentation. We are going to be bringing in people from a whole bunch of different jurisdictions. We're going to be calling upon ventures from a wide range of, uh, of, of practice areas and experiences and, and communities to give us their perspectives as well. And this is going to be focused on what do solutions look like and how can we move ourselves down this path? Because the time to, the, the, the time to be aware of these uh, issues, fine. That's now, it's also kind of where we were a little while ago. We are rapidly approaching the point where we need to be able to act and, to, and start bringing solutions forward. And I'm very excited by the possibility of not only expanding people's knowledge and, and getting people's perspectives, but to start working towards solutions. And I think that's going to be a blast for everybody involved. 
Yeah, I couldn't agree more, Jordan. I, um, I feel like we've laid the groundwork really well. I, I think we have a, an engaged group of benchers and, and participants who are gonna relish the opportunity to really do a deep dive on these issues and hopefully come to some conclusions um, with some recommendations and work plans about how we can really start to, to change, our, change our approach to, to lawyer competence. We've been having these discussions um, in one way or another for a couple of years, and we really are at a point now, again, through a combination of uh, good data from our articling survey, clear direction in our strategic plan, and really, in part, having you there, Jordan, to help us uh, facilitate that discussion, we're just in a really good position to truly, truly assess where we can go and where we should go and to start the process of, of moving forward. So I, I'm hoping that, I mean, Jasper is always a, always a great discussion. We always have engaged participants. But I think this year, we really are hoping to take a, a much deeper dive than we have perhaps in the past and really come out with some some movement forward. We're also excited to be working uh, working with you, Jordan. It's been great so far, and I think it's going to be a great couple of days. I mean, this has been an incredibly interesting conversation, and uh, I would love to continue to have it. But you know, we don't want your entire message at Jasper to be spoiled by all the fun we're having today. So uh, let's wrap it up for now. Uh, Corey and Jordan, uh, thank you so much, both of you, for joining me today. Uh, Jordan, if folks want to reach out to you before the conference, uh, what's the best way for them to get a hold of you? Thanks, Colin. I would say uh, email probably works the best. So that would be Jordan, J-O-R-D-A-N, at law21, law dot C-A. Uh, and I, I read all messages and I will return them, <laughs> return them as, as, as fast as I can. Awesome. Well, listeners, thank you again. Uh, and if you have any questions or feedback, don't hesitate to contact us at feedback at lawsociety.ab.ca or of course, find us on Twitter at lawsocietyofab.ca.